glad you could join us for episode 142 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, on a snow day by my co-host Wayne as we return to our analysis of Michelle Lavretta's supernatural drama Lost Girl starring Anna Silk, Zoe Palmer, Chris Holden-Reed, Rachel Scarston, and Sarah Connor herself, Linda right. Hamilton. Oh, dude, we're off again. I know. I know. But this one was I mean, ice justified, I think, for sure. Yeah, ice this time. Yeah, crazy ice. Uh, well, three-day week. Yeah, again. I guess we, guess we better not get used, used to it. I, I was looking. It's been a month, over a month, since we've worked five days. Yeah, I believe it. All right, well, listen, today we're here to discuss episode 11 of season five, titled Sweet Valkyrie High. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clip send the mp3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group join the discussions there so you know a little bit of i guess we'll call it news and i i guess at this point it doesn't really matter but lost girl 509 which was the first episode when we returned to sci-fi network february 1st brought in 458,000 viewers a 0.11 rating which is the lowest of the series ouch yeah but you know again i i guess at this point it's the final season everybody knows it's not coming back people that wanted to see it have probably seen it true but yeah it is what it well, is yeah. i mean well yeah it's the whole schedule thing is crazy to having it so i mean and plus it's been like we said it's been like a calendar year right like it's probably even people who were interested before who couldn't even you know couldn't care less anymore you know yeah yeah i'm not gonna wait a year and i mean look i get the delay you know for instance continuum but i think that was only like a week delay yeah right yeah continuum was just a week behind all right the show I'm into USA Network's Colony, starring Josh Holloway. Got renewed for a second season. And if you don't know the show, Alien Invasion Story, with a twist that we haven't seen the aliens, know where they're from or what they want. And it's really about the human reaction to enslavement. We've got the resistance and collaborators. And I will tell you this, Wayne, they are not afraid to kill off a main character. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay, but probably not Josh Holloway, though, right? Probably not Josh Holloway, so so they're not in the Game of Thrones realm yet. Right. X-Files continues to do well, won the night with episode three, 8.38 million viewers, 2.7 rating, and an eight share. Episode four fell off slightly, but still 8.25, 2.5, and an eight share. So that explains why Lost Girl's not doing well, right? Everyone's just watching the X-Files. Yes. Now, uh, I guess people keep saying, well, when are they going to announce a renewal for a second season or an 11th season, if you will? I think at this point, it just is up to David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, and do they want to devote the time? And and you'd like to hope so. Apparently, they initially wanted to do a 13-episode season, and both actors nixed that, because understandably, they don't want to devote nearly a half a year to right. X-Files, because they want to do other They're projects. They don't I have that. to, either, because they got other gigs, right? Right, but it's funny as you watch the revisit, you you both you see both actors get more comfortable with their characters, and it's really cool to see. I I I get why they might not want to do it, but on the other hand, 
why not? They're great characters and they have great chemistry. But right. well, okay. So Dave, I I went back and there was an article. I reread the article in Rolling Stone uh, where they interviewed Chris Carter, and the last question they asked him is, "Will you come? You know, will you if this goes over well, would you do another uh, season?" And he basically said no. He put it on his wife though, which is you know that he's leaving the door open. I think maybe a little bit there, but he's like according to like he said no then something like about like according to my wife no or something like that so he said i'd say a semi-categorical negative but then again he throws in like puts on his wife so then you know there's a possibility if he gets divorced or something i guess he could come back and do it okay because he'll have time on right. his hands so <laughs> all right well, all right well and then finally the show that follows x files lucifer I'm sure you haven't seen it at all, right? Uh, nope, I've like seen like commercials for it and stuff. But okay, it's and my wife got into it. You know, it came on the heels of the X Files, so she said, "Oh, this looks good. Leave it on." And which surprised me, she ordinarily isn't into shows or movies about the devil. But Lucifer is the devil. He's left hell to vacation in L.A. He joins forces with a female detective to solve crimes. So it's sort of like uh, the devil meets Castle. And it really is an entertaining show. And, and, you know, I guess in terms of the quintessential anti-hero, he's placed in that position, just like we've talked many times, whether it's Malcolm Reynolds, that he doesn't want to do the right thing, but he's compelled to do it and he does it anyway. Hmm. And it, it really, I mean, he's got his foibles. He's just a great, it's just a great character. The chemistry between the two of them is really good. And, you know, if you're at all reluctant, oh, I don't want to watch a show about the devil and all that, give it a chance. I mean, it, it's certainly not a comedy as certainly a show like Castle. And I think that's a fair comparison that if you like Castle, if you like the tone of Castle, you probably would like Lucifer at least enough to give it right. a shot. Right, well, that's from seeing, like, the, the advertisements for it. It seems like they kind of play up the funny side of it, I think, when they, uh, when they you know, put up trailers for the show and things like that. All right, so why don't we get into Lost Girl, Sweet Valkyrie High, episode 11 of season five, written by Emily Andres, directed by Bruce McDonald. This one originally aired on Showcase September 20th, 2015, and on Sci-Fi February 8th, 2016. Well, you know I was happy to get a Tamsin-centric episode. Sure. Yeah, I knew you were excited about it before we even saw it. Yeah, um, I like this one a lot, and you know, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, th- there were a lot of thematic ideas, you know, fear, trust, the whole idea of doubt, which, which is a huge part of the Valkyrie existence, but also accountability. And, and uh, I know I'll probably say some things that are relatively unpopular later on, but we'll go from there. Well, it will probably surprise you, Dave, to know that I did not like this episode <laughs> for a number of reasons as well. All right, well, give yeah, me one. I don't know. Like, or two. I don't know if I can really put my finger, except that it just seems like it's just so everything is just so ludicrous now and characters just popping out of the woodwork out of nowhere and uh, the whole thing of going back to high school and the the dead poet society deal with acacia and everything just i just i i the whole time i just found myself kind of objectively looking at it and not being able to get into it and just thinking that this is just silly well i started keeping track of all the just 
to me, objectionable lines, whether they were were sexually tinged to, or to keep track of that. Did you did you still have room on your paper by the end of it? Yeah, well, I stopped after a while because you know I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I I I I like it. I like the episode, but yeah, I, I was thinking about this earlier in the day that when we started podcasting, you know, it, it was just Lost Girl, and, and of course, I was doing Continuum with Michael, but. It just didn't seem as if there were that many shows that I was keeping up on. Right. And in, in the last two years, it just seems to have exploded in the you know sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, horror sure. uh, avenue that, that there's just so much. And I guess my tolerance for this is, is, yeah. has really gotten shorter. And so that was a problem I had. But on the other hand, I, I, I really like the ideas that they did explore. I, I can I can go with you on that one. The the ideas that they went with were were yeah that was okay. Usually, I could, you know you you get into it like you you, you like I find myself involved with the story. Um, I, I'm following. I'm not thinking about other things because I'm like just kind of focused on the story. And just for this one, it seemed like I just every time I tried to get into the story, either there was a line or something. That pulled me out and made me say that, you know, look at it like thinking, like criticizing it in my head as we go instead of getting into it, you know. And I think that even though I'm looking at it with a critical eye, first and foremost, I always like I'm into the show, right? More than, and then I, I think about it later with that critical eye. Um, if as the show's going, I'm just like kind of criticizing as it goes, I think that's kind of like a bad thing. Yeah. And I mean, I like it more than I don't like it, but. I don't know. I, I guess this happens to a lot of shows at the end of the run, or maybe it doesn't. But it, it was nice seeing Linda Hamilton, Acacia protecting Freya from Hades, which was not, I think, a twist that I saw coming. But then that whole idea of accountability and responsibility, and you, and you see Freya responsible for Stacy, Lauren certainly responsible for Ebony, Acacia responsible for Tamson. And, you know, depending on who you're looking at and how you judge the outcome of that particular character, uh, I think is really fascinating to watch in this episode. Okay. You, so. you tell us your opinion. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, some of the questions, points that come up, uh, obviously, Tamsin and her search for inner truth, the journey she begins with Acacia back at Valkyrie High. And I guess I like that. Now, you you mentioned already you know, the allusion to dead poet society and how could you not, uh, especially in the scene where she has them all throw away their right, textbooks. Right. And on the one hand, that's ordinarily the kind of thing I don't like. Clearly you didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I love dead poet society. That's a great movie, well, but, uh, I, you know, that with the overly blatant, the whole thing, uh, sorry. It's, well, but I like the fact that as a teacher, she was the, the the rebellious one, the one that came in, and I want you to look at it from a different perspective. That Tamson, you know, as head girl, she's just you know, she's just that brown noser that, that obviously we all know that are teachers sure. uh, that that just keeps giving you what you want, and there's so little original thought because they're so afraid they'll make a mistake. Yep. And to see Tamson then, of course, change because of the tutelage of Acacia, I, I liked a lot. If I'm mocking it in my head as it goes, but I'm just thinking like Acacia starts right away with, uh, you know, forget about everything you knew before. Here's how it really is, kids. And I'm like, do they not 
interview for these positions? Do the, does, can anyone just show up and get a job as a teacher? And of course, the class is like 10 minutes long, right? Like she just gives her speech and it's like, okay, class is done for the day. Like it's just like so, it's just like this, this cliche, you know, you see every classroom themed episode, TV show, whatever. That's what the teacher acts like. This is what the students act like. The bell always rings after the big dramatic speech. It's just like, uh, for sure, like, yeah, I've said it before, like for a show that started off kind of kicking the crap out of cliche, it, it really just fallen into every single, you know, trope that that's out there for this final season, it seems. Okay. Well, I'd have to disagree with you on one point. I don't remember the last time one of my students raised his or her hand, but anyway, um, Tampson admits that she fell in love with Bo, who was the target, you know, and we're, and we're still wondering why she's so angry with Bo. I mean, we get it. She had her heart broken, but as Acacia points out, even though uh, I guess she wasn't really thinking about it in these terms, it did make Tampson stronger. So I, I, I liked hearing that. And, and again, I, I liked how it ended up with the two of them. Now, since Lauren made the decision to turn the Morgan human, how do we view her culpability now that turning her back may kill her. And, and, and that's a big question for me. And I, you know what? It's funny. I was cleaning out the email for sci-fi TV rewatch uh, the other day, just because it got up to like, you know, 1500 things. Right. And, and, and a lot of them were just that, you know, so-and-so has retweeted your tweet and all of that. But I, I did happen to reread some of the comments that we got. And there was one in particular, I forget who it was from that accused me of being unduly hard on Lauren. Right. I remember that conversation. And, you know, she deserves it. <laughs> you know, she, she, well, I mean, right, no, again, I, I, I making making, de- making decisions that impact other people almost without thinking. And so now here we are. Well, wh- whose fault is it that the Morgan is essentially dying? And that Lauren would think to make herself a before helping out Ebony, right? Right now, she'll say, "I wanted to test it before I administered it to somebody." Yeah, but okay, the test well, is done, right? Like, uh, well, testing you on yourself, I, I think, is generally never a good well, idea. Probably, yeah. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, although Banner, it is in- Hulk. There you go. It is interesting to see the Morgan in such a vulnerable position, and and, and you have to admire her for her fighting spirit. Okay, there so you end. call it interesting. I call it terrible. Okay. Um, To say once again, I mean, it's like, I swear the people on this show have it in for me. Because who are my two favorite characters, Dave? Vex. And? Um, I'm going to say Trick, but I'm not sure. The Morgan. Oh, the Morgan. God. That's who we're talking about, dude. Come on. I I know. I know. (laughs) So Vex are my two favorite characters on the show, and they have reduced one to a series of penis jokes and the other one to a helpless, I don't know what, now she's like some Pollyanna, gee, you guys are my good friends type thing. It's just like they've completely neutered the two most compelling characters to me uh, on this show. And they've just taken all the, the, the life and the spirit. And granted that life and spirit was, they were bad, but that's, yeah, that's exa- that's what made them so great, you know, like their their complete badness and everything. And um Well, you know what? I was thinking about that same thing earlier in the week and I 
did have to remind myself that while I agree with you completely, it is called Lost Girl. And I guess we can't lose sight of the fact that the central character is and always should be Bo, but that doesn't mean we have to, as you say, neuter the two most compelling bad guys. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it should focus on those characters. I'm just saying- Oh, no, I know you're not. Keep them I know you're not. cool. Keep them interesting. Keep them you know, vibrant. And, you know, like, I mean, Bo is a great character, but let's face it, not a super interesting one at this point. Not like she was in, in the first scene. You know, now that she's settled in, like, like, she, like her conflicts, like she's got this kind of like daddy issue thing going, but it's really like she, her, the conflicts she had before were like just way better, you know, like she, like, and now that she's kind of settled in and actually a uh, chosen one and a big part of this community, it doesn't seem like, you know, she's, I don't know. Like, like no, I'm not, I'm not articulating it very well, but it just like even Bo just it doesn't do it for me like she used to. All right, well, opening scene we see Bo and Lauren making out, and Lauren clearly doesn't have control yet over her new found powers, and, and Bo's bothered by something when Tamson shows up to pick up a letter that's intended for her, and apparently she's going somewhere well we find out that it's actually not a letter but it was a check very cool writing yeah (laughs) the way when she held it up to the glass well uh, see okay here's some more things like a Bo told tamson to come over and yet surprised when she comes over you know b tamson's like oh who's this from but she knows exactly where it's from you know like it's uh, i'm sorry it's just things, well, see, these not, are the things that I know that's like, it seems like I'm nitpicking, but they're just little things that, that pull me out of it, right? Like, I, I, I find myself, instead of going along with the story and enjoying it, all I can say is, that's, that's crazy. That's silly. You know, like, I, I just, I end up, and I end up being like a nitpicker. So I'll try to stop it for this podcast. But I'm just saying, this is an example, like, right away, right out of the gate, I'm already looking at it from a, from a distance and not in, involved in the story. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, it is one of those details. And I, I remember talking about this with Continuum that wondering where Kira Cameron gets her money. I mean, she's got an apartment, she has to eat and all that. But, you know, the storyline is that Section 6, which actually doesn't exist, is paying her salary. So, you know, it wasn't the VPD that was paying. Where is she getting her money, et cetera? Okay. Where's Tamsin getting her money? I mean, it doesn't seem as if she and Dyson are on the force right now. Right. I mean, they don't seem to have have much time to work any cases. <laughs> so why would you tear the check up, dear? Yeah. You need the money. I don't know. She's making a statement. Or maybe you don't. Um, I don't know. But then he tells her she should be leading armies instead of crying in your beer. And that's the first time we hear that. We hear that later in, in the flashback when she goes back to high school. But you're, you're wondering what, his manipulation with her is really going to turn out to be at this point. Right. Well, we just know he is manipulating her as he's right. manipulating Lauren, as he's manipulating Bo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No question. And, and you know, on the one hand, it seems as if they're all aware that he's manipulating him, but they just ignore it. Or just, they can't, they're trying to figure out the end game, I guess, you know, and they can't see that they can't see what, what he's got planned 
And neither can we, honestly. Well, right, right. Now, one of the cool things I did like, and I think you already said you didn't either didn't like it or didn't care, but the whole idea of what a Valkyrie is actually supposed to do, and, and obviously when Acacia came in as their teacher, she got away from the uh, providing palliative care, for instance, which was the topic that that they had left off on with their previous teacher, to actually participating in the battle itself by casting doubt on whichever side they deemed not as righteous. So when she goes to the fast food place to get Stacy, who's the displaced Valkyrie, originally was supposed to be Freya's right hand, she mentions that whole thing about, you know, getting the souls to Valhalla. And of course that's part of it, but you know, it was interesting to see how hard it was for Stacy to leave that job though. Uh, it wasn't hard at all. Come through the window. See you later. Oh, I'm going to tell your wife, throw in that little dig. Yeah. Oh, Hey, get the, get the, uh, talk. Oh, right. Yeah. Don't forget the tacos. I like that part. Right. Right. So, so we really only have two stories and the main one is about Tamsin putting together a plan to lure Hades to Valhalla. But, but the other one, Bo and Lauren dealing with Ebony's illness and her humanness. And, you know, uh, it was nice to see Ebony express the fact that she wants to be Faye again, but what's up with her not wanting to run tests? I mean, it's like, you know what? She, she scared a needle. She suddenly. Like needles, yeah. Well, I but she's that, never but, had, you know, when, when would she have ever had to have a needle before? Right. And so well, I would say almost like, you know, like a child getting a shot where just the needle itself looks intimidating and painful and you know like kids probably cry just because they they see this thing that you're going to stick that to me and then they do stick it in you even though it doesn't hurt that much you cry because it freaks you out right right now Bo comes along and does the suck you touch and that suddenly assuages any difficulty she's got and I guess we you know we don't see it but Lauren takes blood or whatever it is she does to run the tests that she needs to run and finds out that There are a number of problems, a number of things wrong with Ebony, and turning her fae could kill her immediately. So she asks Lauren why she didn't turn her back earlier, and she says she wanted to test the serum. When asked who she tested it on, it becomes clear that she tested it on herself. And I mean, I think we we were able to add two and two before Ebony was. Yeah, did we not? I mean, we we already knew that, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Bo suggests getting Ebony a handprint from Hades, but when they go to see him, he points out that it only works on Faye. Oh, wait, but she said, give me the hand job, right? <laughs> you love that line. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Hades gives the Morgan that fight or flight pep talk, and I don't know, it seems to help a little bit, but, you know, so so that's basically all we see until- But, but that's you know, like, the, the, okay, so there's one character in here who's still- I find compelling, and that is Hades, right? And yeah. this whole thing, and part of it is because, like, no one knows. I certainly have no idea what I, I assume he's up to something kind of underhanded, but I don't know what it is or what how he's getting there or anything. But that little speech to uh, Evany, yeah, that's that's pretty wild, you know, like that, yeah. you know, fight like hell, right? Or you've got two choices: either give up or fight like hell, and. Uh, Given that motivational speech, that was that's kind of cool. Right. Now, did he have a purpose there? I mean, is he assuming that she will get turned Faye again? And 
she would be somebody he'd want on his side? As seems likely. But again, I don't, after all, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he is, after all, assembling an army. Sure. sure. And he's got his general lined up, apparently. Well, maybe. Maybe. Uh, so he's certainly going to need a few other officers. But Trick gives Tamsin and Stacy background on how the three brothers, Zeus, Neptune, and Hades, were assigned their regions. And for a long time, we thought that Hades was tricked into his. Well, we find out that that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, I think uh, in the Percy Jackson books, he just kind of draws a short straw, kind of. Is that what it is? So, yeah. Okay. Now, Freya apparently used her sexual wiles to con Hades into drawing the short straw when the Titans were parceling out the universe. But, of course, we later learned that no, no, he that was the plan all along, and that was sort of their cover story. Yeah. Which he said, okay. I am not left-handed. <laughs> okay uh well see now that's to be expected right i mean how can i how can i fault you for using a line like that you can't i know all right so bo comes to the doll to confront tamson about what she's doing bo of course doesn't know but when lauren and evany walk in tamson makes that comment that uh yeah your girlfriend needs you and she walks out and i mean we we know that tamson was hurt but i guess we didn't realize it was maybe this bad. Uh, sure, because right now it's just been awkward, but now she's like really angry. And then, of course, she has that very emotional scene where she confesses to Acacia uh, how she felt about Bo, which was actually one of the parts of, of this episode that kind of drew me in. Like, you know, you'd have to be pretty cold-hearted not to really feel sorry for Tamsin in that scene there, right? Well, sure, no question. And it was just, on, on the one hand, it was the perfect out for her because she really didn't want to sit there and talk to Bo. But on the other hand, you know, sometimes you just have to confront and, and just, I, I hated seeing that weakness in Tamsin. Right. Understandable, but still. Now, I like the flashbacks to Valkyrie High. I know you do. No, so. So we learned that something happened involving Tamsin that ended up closing the school, and, and it apparently had been closed for decades. But in Fay time, who knows how long, how long that actually was. <laughs> right, it yeah. It pretty run down. Yeah, it's hard to, because, you know, obviously the Valkyrie have, I mean, we know Tamsin's like centuries old, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, it looked like Tamsin was probably, if she was, up for valedictorian then she was 17 or 18 she's about 30 now i mean that that place looked pretty run down in just 12 years so right and, and yet you know the people were dressed in you know, at least fairly modern clothing you know not necessarily modern like today modern but within the last you know 20 30 years or so right uh, now now one thing you know they run into acacia and, and I couldn't help but notice because, you know, when, when Linda Hamilton resurfaced as an actress, uh, you know, in the last two, three years, and certainly in Lost Girl, I think a lot of people that hadn't seen her in a while remarked that, that wow, she looked like she's had a difficult life. And, and of course, if you've read any interviews with her, she freely admits that she did. But when we see her here, it's like, wow, she looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Stacy even remarks, about that sure. and then throws in a little uh, Botox comment. <laughs> but uh, we, we find that Tamsin summoned Acacia to help and the three of them meet. And the problem is they need to find a portal to Valhalla. Now, 
one thing I really have to give this episode props for is that it gives me something to do on my free time when we finally do return to school because there's got to be a portal to Valhalla somewhere right, in our building. Right. It's just a matter right. of finding it. Right. Or a closet that functions as a time portal. Yeah, that'd be cool. But she doesn't want to help them. They're forced to work on their own. And then, you know, suddenly Stacy says something about high school and that, you know, triggers the memory in Tamsin and realizes, okay, just got to find that portal. And of course they can't until Acacia returns. It was interesting. I say interesting. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it, it, it was interesting was to see Tamsin as that student driven to be number one wants to take her place at Freya's side, even though I don't think she really understands what that means and really doesn't care to understand what it yeah, means. But, uh, again, I go back to, I mean, how many shows do that where they show the flashback of the person when they were younger? And of course, the person that they were when they were younger is comp- the exact opposite of the person that they are. You know, this goes back to, I think, the most classic example. You used to watch Taxi back in the day. Sure. You know, yeah. And they show Jim Ignatowski, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd's character. Uh, they do the flashback of him, and he was like this super intelligent college student at Yale. Right, yeah, and then like now his character is like this kind of burnt out, druggy type guy. Um, so just every time, every time there's like a flashback of someone in school, like the the person is the complete opposite, and it's just like it's some you know I don't know. Well, I, I guess I thought it was good because it was this pivotal moment in Tamsin's development and, and ultimately her life when when she comes in to complain about getting a C minus on her paper. And Acacia just tells her, you know, if I read one more five paragraph <laughs> essay regurgitating you know, what it means to be a Valkyrie, according to the text, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I think I'll throw I'm, up. I want to read. I'm feeling you, Acacia. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that was the point. Now, at first, I think she just walked out. And then when she got challenged and then did agree to meet her at midnight, three hours past curfew. I think that was a pivotal point in her life. Now, why they had to dress her in that yeah. absurd. <laughs> no. well, again, like you're I, sneaking I mean, out. Take the time to throw on a pair of sweats, darling, right? Gosh. I don't, yeah, because this is not like, you know, you mentioned uh, Dead Poet Society, which took place in the early 60s, I guess. And, and uh, you know, I'm not sure when Valkyrie High was supposed to have taken place, you know, the, the flashbacks, that is. But yeah uh, so I'm, I'm assuming they had sweatpants back then. <laughs> right <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know but all right so i will i will concede that that part with acacia kind of privately tutoring uh tamson as to the true role of the valkyrie i i did kind of like that um though again just saying professor lupin you know what i'm talking about there with harry potter. i don't oh harry potter and the uh um, prisoner of Azkaban. Um, this guy comes in to be the defense of dark arts teacher and he's kind of non-traditional. Like he has the kids actually doing it's, it's basically exactly what the is doing here. He, she was like, you know, he comes in, it's like teaching them useful things that they'll actually need to know rather than things that they're supposed to be teaching them. And he ends up 
tutoring Harry privately, giving private lessons, uh, advanced uh, defense against the dark arts technique. So, but that begs the question. You know, obviously it's the traditional versus the non-traditional, but I think we tend to want to feel as if the non-traditional teacher is the one that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's been done. Well, sure. Okay. And, and you know, here where she's teaching the ability to employ doubt as a weapon and actually get involved in the battle. Well, okay. But now you're leaving it up to the Valkyrie to, to decide who's right and who's wrong in a particular war and whether or not that was actually supposed to be what the Valkyrie's role I don't know. I don't know who sets those parameters. I, I don't either. Zeus, I guess. Maybe. All right. Well, because Tamsin becomes an adherent of Acacia's teachings, Stacy is named valedictorian instead right. of Tamsin, which obviously is the biggest joke there could be. And and you, you, we wonder why we didn't see one of the other girls complaining, why is it Stacy? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone at once saying, what? I don't right. know. Right, so we see Tamsin stand up to Freya, her wings emerge, nice. yeah, and then she gets expelled. Right, yeah, and she does a good kind of leaving in a blaze of glory type thing, you know. Yeah, she does. I actually like even, even thought even about using Flipping that. the bird, right, even? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the double bird. Yeah, the double, right. <laughs> uh, so we're back in the present. Acacia, who's been helping Freya hide from those who would do her harm, which is, again, you know, we find out that, that Freya has been lying to Tamsin and we're not sure where this is all headed. And I guess at the end, it's okay. I mean, that's what it would seem. She's been hiding Freya because Hades has his headhunters out looking for her. Right? Uh, yes. Okay. So, Tamsin seems to have the upper hand. She's trying to cast doubt on her, but is unsuccessful. But Stacy, Tamsin, and Acacia are too much as a triumvirate, and and she basically, actually, they literally bring her to her knees. Right, right. But now the truth comes out. Now we know why Hades wanted the underworld because he's trying to build an army, and what better place to do it than in the darkness? But for what reason? Just something as simple as take over the world uh again can't can't it seemed it would seem like bigger than that but i don't know yeah it seemed to a point where he wants zeus around still right so and and even zeus seems beholden to hades so i don't know if it's to take over zeus's realm Uh, we haven't seen poseidon yet maybe they're going to go after him i don't know Maybe want some beachfront property in Ibiza or something like that. Yeah. Well, but at this point, you know, Tamsin puts Acacia in charge of Valhalla, sends Freya to monitor Tartarus, which seems to please her. And the next thing you know, Stacy and Freya are leaving for the underworld. So don't know if that's the last we'll see of them. I suspect not because I suspect we're going to enter the underworld at some point sure. in, in the last five episodes. It seems to be kind of where everything is centered around these, the, at the end of this, you know, in the second half of the season here. Right? Right. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, again, we see that that the flashback Tamsin's told she was born to lead, which obviously references the same thing Jack tells her in the present. And Acacia 
tells Tamsin she better get comfortable casting doubt because she'll need it when she leads her first army into battle. So we've got that down the road. And, 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 you know, as all this stuff starts to pile up, you wonder how they're going to bring it all to a conclusion in just five episodes. I don't know. Uh, maybe like this huge kind of uh, Peter Jackson-esque scene of a huge battle between numbers of different armies and dragons and, or maybe not. Yeah. Um, but she starts, you know, she's kind of pouring out her heart, so to speak, to Acacia and, and admits that Bo broke her heart. Acacia tells her it made her stronger. And, and will it give Tamsin the ability to manipulate others? I don't want to say the way she's been manipulated because I, I don't think that's really accurate. But will it put her in that kind of a position? But then that line, don't let the past determine who you're going to be next tells her love is the key to being a great leader that's why hades picked you and i'm thinking like what because like when she goes back to him at the end like he's like "Mm, yeah nah well i mean okay love is the key to being a great leader well okay i guess i could understand that in a normal situation but then that's why hades picked you all right do we really think that hades loves Bo? i think so Uh, yeah I i would tend to think so yeah I don't think but outside of that, yeah, I mean, I think he's still using her and manipulating her, but also I would, it would seem that his love for his daughter is genuine. And I go back to those scenes uh, where we saw the flashback of him holding her as a baby, you know? Oh yeah. In the room. A- yeah. Absolutely. With the bassinet and uh-huh. all of that. So I, I don't know what that means. Uh, even though Tamsin delivered Bo to Hades, he's scared because he doesn't know what she'll do next. And this is Acacia talking to her tells Tamsin to be Hades' perfect little general. Everybody has something they want. We just have to figure out what it is he wants. So it appears that she's telling Tamsin to just play along with Jack, but is it really reasonable to think that he won't figure it out? Well, he does figure it out. Well, right, right. Oh, oh you mean, but, is it reasonable for them to think they could send her in there and be able to fool? That's, I mean, that's just ludicrous. I mean, that's, again... As I'm watching, I'm thinking, you really think you're going to go in and fool Hades? Like, seriously? Like, you're just going to show up and be like, oh, well, you know, guess what, Hades? I thought about it, and I want to change, I want to lead your armies. Right, which then makes you question Acacia's uh, motivations with Tamsin again. Is there some other con going right. on? I, I don't know, which I guess is good because we end the, the episode with some, some more questions, perhaps just as many questions as we started. And see, I didn't think that, that Acacia had any extra kind. I just thought that it was just this completely ridiculous plot device, you know, because it just seems like why, why would you even say that? Why would, why would these normal, rational people, th- I mean, why would Tamsin think that she could go in there and, and pull the wool over Hades' eyes, you know? No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, you mentioned that we get, we get kind of like a, a three-part closing scene. Tamsin confronts Hades, but as you said, he's on to her. And after she leaves, he just walks away yeah. from his confinement, which, you know, I think we knew all along that he could at any point. But, I, again, there's no reason for him to do that. He can keep an eye on what Lauren's doing. He can keep an eye on what Bo's doing. He might have been doing it all the time, for all we know. Sure. You know? Sure. Now, maybe I got this wrong. 
did Evany really toast Lauren and call her a friend? Yes. See what I'm saying, dude? That's what I'm talking okay. about. It's it's galling. It's just so uh, bad. I have faith you're going to find a cure. Uh. <laughs> and then when Evany makes a comment about she and Lauren being human, rut row. Uh, not quite. <laughs> And Lauren realizes she's got to come clean. And then Bo takes a cue and leaves to talk to Tamsin. And and then finally Tamsin tells Bo that she'd rather be friends than nothing. And that she and Stacy tried to send Hades back to Tartarus without Bo's help. Tells Bo he's building an army and is going to need Bo's help. So she's laying it out there. There, you know, I don't, I don't think Tamsin's trying to play Bo at this point. No, 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 definitely not. Did they try to send him back? I, I guess they were just looking for Tartarus, right? I didn't see them actual any attempt to get him in there, and they found it. They found Tartarus. I, you know, I don't know. Well, that's their this is plan. The th- yeah, it's, it just seems like it's just like when when she said that. I'm like, wait, when did you try to send him back to Tartarus? I mean, I grant you were looking for Tartarus. You actually found Tartarus, but the. Uh, you know, I didn't see any real solid attempt to put him back in there. So I don't know. Well, no, they, I, they just didn't get that far. But I mean, I think that's their long term goal. Right. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've 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 turned you to the dark side, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I like the episode because it was Tamsin centric, yeah. and I liked the flashbacks. I liked seeing where Tamsin came from. I liked how strong she's become. I like how you know, vulnerable. We got to see her because of the, you know, the, the relationship fail with, with Bo, but at the same time, the rest of the episode just left me wanting a bit. And I I don't know. I just, you know, it's almost as if the, the, the writers have checked out. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see what I've done. I've, 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 pull the doubt on you man I've, like my eyes got all dark and stuff and i've i put the doubt into your mind oh you have <laughs> <laughs> all right well i don't know if you've got anything else i'm afraid to say anything more. <laughs> well all right well for one thing is um so uh tamson says earlier that hades is a massive player not just some jabroni and i was like what is a jabroni like i have no idea I've heard the word used before. I had no idea. So I looked it up and apparently it's uh, like a professional wrestler. I guess The Rock kind of, I don't think he invented the term, but he kind of popularized it and he would use it to describe other wrestlers that are just like there to lose, you know, like the the, the people like the marquee wrestlers would always wrestle. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So that's a jabroni. So there you go. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, that scene where Tamsin's is very vulnerable. There was also the Morgan, though I, I really despise what they did with the Morgan here. Uh, that one scene where she kind of breaks down a little bit uh, was just really like, that was actually kind of another, uh, I thought, very touching scene. And I thought that was uh, really well done, well acted there. The one time uh, Evany says, you know, about the test, she is that, you know, like Lauren says, we need to test the serum. And she says, test it on who? Um, the, the grammar police came out to me just to say it should be on whom. Okay. And, and you've been, uh, you've been pretty lax in your, uh, I've, I've let a lot go. I've let a lot. In your slide. red penning. Yeah. 
I couldn't turn I couldn't turn away on that one though. Yeah, understood. So I think that's about it. All right. Um, well, before we you know sign off here, I just want to mention because you know, in passing during the discussion, I, I mentioned the fact that the Hulu original drama eleven twenty two sixty three dropped yesterday, February fifteenth, and it is a I believe it's a ten part adaptation of Stephen King's novel of of the same name eleven twenty two sixty three. It's co-produced with J.J. Abrams, and the basic premise is this. High school English teacher who, I I don't want to say he's down on his luck because he's got a job, he's going through a messy divorce, and he eats in this diner regularly, and I guess is friends with the diner's owner who's played by uh, Chris Cooper, and Chris Cooper shows him something in the back of the diner, and when you go back in the closet, it's a, actually a time portal that takes you to 11.58 a.m. on October 17th, 1960. And Chris Cooper's plan is to go back and prevent JFK from being assassinated because in his mind that will also prevent the escalation in the Vietnam War. It'll prevent Bobby Kennedy from being shot because he likely wouldn't have run for president. And he has to convince his English teacher friend played by James Franco to take up his quest because he's dying. And the kicker is that once you go through the portal and go to 1960, you come out at the same point in time, every time when you return only two minutes have passed. Okay. So I'll just leave it at that. That sounds pretty cool. It was pretty cool. You know, James Franco is dying. No, James Franco is the English teacher. Uh, Chris Cooper is dying. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. So I I, I don't want to spoil any more than that. You know, it, it's funny because a lot of the critics who who had advanced copies of it portrayed it as really slow moving, uh, poor performances by Franco and, and Chris Cooper. I disagree. I mean, I thought it moved along pretty well, and and I I thought everything was fine. I'm I'm certainly. You know, you mentioned today that every few minutes you, you you lost your focus watching the episode or whatever. Well, that didn't happen to me, and certainly I have a short attention span. <laughs> so I would recommend checking it out if you can. Right. It's just available on Hulu, though, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. I want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear from you about Lost Girl, Dark Angel, anything else you think we should be watching like to encourage you to join the Facebook group and if you're already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we'll be back next week to discuss lost girl season 5 episode 12 judgment fay but until then you know it's so funny like watching this episode because it just brought me back to the first interview I did uh, with the principal for teaching when they asked us how I you know what, what was basically could I summarize uh, how I taught, I said, you know, some might call my teaching methods unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs>